We'll give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, as I've been looking at the Christmas story and the different things, I think if I was Joseph, I would make this little statement to God. No more angels, Lord. No more angels. For every time an angel shows up in Joseph's life, boy, something takes place. Joseph has to do something. And I would be one of those individuals saying, no more angels, Lord. No more angels. No more an- I've had enough of them, Lord. Give me a chance here to get a little breather. But others may say, well, if he didn't send the angel, Joseph may have lost his life. Or Joseph would have been in trouble over here. Or Joseph would have been here. What I want to do today, and I don't have time to take all the characters and we would have kind of walked through it. Uh, it went for sickness. But uh, what I want you to see is God's working in the lives of people around his son, Jesus Christ. And it was not by coincidence that these people just fell into place. It is a sovereign God at work. And you need to understand this. This sovereign God really knows the heart of his people. That old saying, you may fool some of the people some of the time, but you won't fool all the people all the time. You won't fool God, not for one second. And the Lord says, yes, they say with their mouth they love me. But their heart is where? Far from me. They can say with their mouth, yes, Lord, didn't I do this and didn't I do that? But where's their heart at? And what I wanted you to do this morning with me is to uh, look at a couple of verses, but I don't have it there on screen. So go to 1 Samuel 16 with me. It's going to take just a little bit more time because we're just going to just jump through this real quick. But go to 1 Samuel chapter 16 because... I want to lay a foundation for what I'm going to talk about with Joseph. And you have to really catch this picture. That God knows the heart. As much as you try to cover it up or try to hide it, God knows it. And and this is what oftentimes, as individuals, we don't recognize. He knows my heart better than I do. He knows my heart better than... Than I do. So when you start in verse 7, and there's a couple of words I'm going to lift up out of there, and I'm going to ask you to remember along the way. So he says, and starting in verse 7, he says, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things men look at. Man looks at the outer appearance. But isn't that as far as man can go? That's all man can look at, is the outer appearance. Man just makes his judgment from the outer appearance. The way that a person responds and the way a person acts and the mannerism of a person and so forth. The character of a person. only thing we see is the outer appearance. But he goes on and he says... But the Lord looks at the heart. He looks where? At the heart. And he knows the heart. God's dealing with the heart. And he goes a little further then. In the next verse, he says, Then Jesse called Abida and had him pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, The Lord has not chosen this one either. And he goes all the way down through this. But when you get down into verse 10, it says, The Lord has not chosen these. Now, one of the words I want you to keep in mind is this. God has chosen. God has chosen. 
And why does God choose this person over that person? Why does God choose over here and over there? Why is God choosing in such a manner? Because he knows the heart of the servant that he's choosing. He knows the heart of the servant that he's choosing. In Jeremiah 17, he says, boy, the heart is deceitful above all things. And he asked this question, who can understand it? Who can really understand the heart? When your heart is troubled, do you really have understanding? Who can calm the heart? Who can calm the mind? Who can calm the emotions? Who can calm the fears? Who is the only one who can answer some of your questions? Who is the only one? And we need to recognize that the Lord says, I search the hearts and I examine the mind. To reward a man, now now catch this, that this is so important in that verse 10. I am the Lord. I search the heart and I examine the mind to reward a man according to his what? His conduct. To how he responds to me. How he acts. If he surrenders to me. And and God says, I reward based on the conduct. Now, that's not too far than what we are as human beings. Parents often reward their children based on their what? On their conduct. What we often forget, we are the children of God. And God rewards us based on our conduct and how we respond to Him. Not our outer appearance. Not of what we're just saying. Because there are many people who say, I love the Lord. There are many people who say, I believe in the Lord. But yet there's no action on that belief. There's no follow through with that faith. And he says, according to what his deeds deserve. That he himself then rewards them. And John 2, 24 and 25, it simply says, but Jesus would not entrust himself. Underline the word, entrust himself to them. For it says, for he knew all men. He did not need man's testimony about man. One man can't come up and really vouch for another man. Another man can't really come up before God and say, well, that's a good man. Why? He really doesn't know. He's looking at the part of the life of that man that he knows, but what he doesn't know is that secret life of that man. What he doesn't know if that man has cheated on his wife. He doesn't know if that man's really a good father. He doesn't know if that man, what he's done when he's away from home. But God does. God does. God does. It may say, well, that's a good mother. But you may not know how many times that mother left children by herself. Mother had not cooked the meals, had not really clean, uh, washed and got the clothes ready for her kids for school. You may not see all the hidden things. But every time that mother step out, boy, she's sharp. She's good. That's a good mother. But God knows what? He knows the heart. He knows the heart. And it surprised me how many parents said, I have good children. They're good children. They're good children. They ain't nothing but little devils. <laughs> you know. and, and God deals with their hearts too. He deals with their hearts. And he says, he knows the hearts 
of all men. But he said he would not entrust himself to them, for he knew all men. He knew all men. But then I like what John fifteen sixteen says. And again, these four or five verses are just setting the platform for you to see a Joseph. And to understand a Joseph. In the setting and in the life of Jesus Christ. He says, you did not choose me. But I what? I chose you. And people forget that. You're not doing God a favor by serving him. What we don't recognize is how dependent we are on him. And that we need him. And he says, he has chosen us. We haven't chosen him. He's chosen us. And in the life, when you look around the Christmas story and you look into the life of Jesus Christ, the three wise men just didn't think about bringing their gifts to Joseph, to the Christ child. They bought those gifts because God prepared those gifts for vacation for Joseph in Egypt. God didn't just speak to the shepherds to go. But he spoke to many to come and see. But this Joseph is somebody I think is very special when you really take time to look at Joseph. And that's what we're going to do. Go to Matthew chapter 1 and pick up with me in verse 18. Matthew chapter 1, and pick up with me in verse 18. Because, see, Joseph have a difficult decision to make. And oftentimes, we all have those difficult decisions to make in life. And sometimes when things are happening in our life, we don't understand why they're happening. And we're not very clear on them. And there are things that will trouble us. And there are things that will run through our minds. And we'll try to figure this thing out. And it says in that verse 18, this is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. The mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with child. Though through the Holy Spirit. And because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to the public disgrace. What would have been the public disgrace? Just go back to Old Testament. Because of Mary breaking her covenant vows and also being in a state of sin, being with child outside of wedlock, she would have been publicly stoned. And I want you to really see this man, Joseph, because he loved Mary. Now, understand this. I have no doubt Mary tried to explain to Joseph, Joseph, I haven't slept with any man. Joseph, I haven't cheated on you. Joseph, I haven't snuck out with anybody else. Joseph, yes, I am pregnant, but it is of God. Boy, that's hard to put in up here. But what God saw, and I like the way sometimes Scripture flows, because it shows you man trying to solve his own problem sometime before God steps in. And, and, and it says, Joseph gave deep thought to this. Joseph was really trying to figure this thing out. But it also showed something else that God really knew about Joseph. That Joseph really loved Mary. That was very evident. Because he did not want to publicly disgrace her, put her in public, and make her an example to others. He loved Mary. 
more than what he himself even knew. And he's giving much thought to this. It's wonderful what follows right after that area of his much thought. It says, boy, because he wanted to put her away quietly. Now, how are you nine months pregnant being put away quietly? Tell me what woman is pregnant and, and it's a secret. That's very few. Now, I don't mean to make fun of you women, but y'all can waddle. <laughs> you know something wrong. No. So how is it going to be done secretly? But what it's doing is this. It's showing us the thought of Joseph and his real love for Mary. And his real desire. You think God knew Joseph's heart? Yes. And the next thing you read then, after that, he says, But after he had considered this, an angel. After he had considered this, after he's given deep thought to it. And, and guess what? There are times you can run to your best friend. You can run to mom and dad. You can run here and there. You can run to a pastor. You can run to your deacon. But there are times nobody can answer your questions but God. I imagine Joseph may even ask one of his friends, what do I do in this situation? I love her. I, I don't want to leave her. I don't want to leave her hanging out there. I know what might take place. But what kind of counsel would come? Because the individual really don't know the circumstances. And there's sometimes that answer that you're wrestling and looking for can only come from God. And God is still dealing with people around the world. And many people are going to give thought to Jesus Christ. During this season. But the only one who can really answer. Is God. Is God. Now there's something that Joseph is doing too. Joseph is learning to listen to God. And that's something that we have lost out on. That we learn to really listen and have an ear for God. And then recognize we have a decision to make. We have a decision to make. And Joseph is here and, and he's getting ready to hear from this angel. And he says, boy, after he had weighed all these things, thought through all these things, belabored these things. He says, but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Don't be afraid to do that. Don't be afraid to take her as your wife. I know all the thoughts that's running through your mind. God hears every cry you make. God recognizes every thought that runs through your mind. That's why he says he will judge even the thoughts that we have. God knows them. God knows them. But now what I want you to really catch hold of is the faithfulness that God sees in Joseph and willing to entrust Joseph with the care of his son. And just think about that. God is saying to Joseph, I want you to be a father to a son that you're not really the father of. Be the father. Men, let me share something with you. Our community, our children, and especially our young men, they are starving for a father image. They're starving for a father image. Be a father. Be an adopted father. Be a father that will embrace a young boy or a young girl. 
be that father because they're starving for a father image that is a godly father image that loves them. That loves them. We praise God for those fathers who are in the home, who are committed to their children, committed to their wives, that are committed. But we have far too many homes that are lacking a father image, and it is causing all kind of chaoticness among us because our children are just starving for that. They're just starving for it. They're starving for it. And he said, I want you to be a father to him. Now, come on down with me, if you would, please, into verses 20. And I want you to really consider what's going to be said here. In Matthew 20, he simply says, boy, get my eyes focused here. He said, and, but after he had considered this, the angel of the Lord appeared to him. David, do not be afraid. Don't be afraid. Come on down in verse 24 now to see the response to that. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. Boy, he got the answer that he's looking for. God has somehow satisfied his heart. God has spoken to him. And it gave him an assurance that he could take Mary as his wife. But God chose Joseph to be a husband to Mary. And Mary a wife to Joseph. But Joseph had to make a decision. Would he do it? Would he do it? Because God is sovereign, and because God is all-powerful, and because God knows it all, understand this, God will never make you do anything against your will. But God will come in and reason with you, just like he's doing with Joseph. God will give you the assurance. God will speak to your mind and to your heart. And God will comfort you and confirm. Now you have a decision to make. Will you obey? Or will you follow your own way? Will you obey? Or will you follow your own way? And that is something to really look at. Who will you follow? And it's his conduct here. It's his conduct as a father. It's his conduct as a husband. And remember what it said, that God rewards us based on our what? On our conduct. And here's Joseph stepping out in the will of God, obeying God, but functioning in a way that is pleasing to God. Joseph does something that allows the world to know Mary's my wife. Mary's my wife. Young ladies, catch this and understand this. If a man is not willing to give you his name, if he's not willing to get up every morning and go to work for you and his children, He's not worth having. Joseph does something publicly that everybody could recognize, even in Mary's condition. And I imagine some of his friends would have said, she broke the contract, those back home that really knew. Some of them may even laughed at Joseph. Called Joseph, you fool. But Joseph takes Mary with him and registers. Now, go to Luke chapter 2, verses 4 through 7, and 
But you need to understand, he does this with his wife. He does this with Mary. And in this text, it allows us to know just a little bit more about Joseph. It reveals just a little bit more. It is strange sometimes in Scripture how God just cracks the window for us to see a little bit more. Take advantage of that when, when God gives you just a little bit more insight. And where am I at now? Luke chapter 2, 4 through 7. Let me get there. It says... <clears throat> Is it two? Chapter two, start at verse four with me. Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem. The town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with who? Yeah. He went there to register with Mary. This is my wife. He does this publicly. He allowed to be noted that Mary's his wife. He went there to register with him, his wife. Now, 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 follow just a little bit, because he was not ashamed to take her once he understood. Now, there's something very important here to do, that we're going to read. Young men and men, I want you to hear this. I have glossed over this many times. But it's so important for men to be able to recognize this about Joseph. And then identify with it. To identify with it. He he goes on, he says, in verse 5, he says, He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. Now, it says that he was expecting a child. When you go back to Matthew 1, 25, and you hear what the Lord is asking him to do. And 25 says, but he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son. And he gave him the name Jesus. He had no union. He never consummated the marriage. But he's saying, this is my wife. Could you imagine... Taking a trip, and you're checking into Best Western, Holiday Inn, and you laying next to Mary, and nothing happening. Men say they can't hold themselves. Joseph's holding himself. Joseph's denying himself. When your heart is fixed on God and you're obedient to God, you can hold yourself. You can keep yourself. And you can honor your wife. You can honor your girlfriend. You can honor whoever it is that you're dating. You can honor them. Because you have the ability to hold yourself. We used to have a cat. And my wife would get upset with this cat. Because at a certain time of the year, things would happen. And, and sometimes I hear talking to that cat, you old heifer you, you old Jezebel you, and that cat don't know nothing about that. And one day, boy, that cat, boy, we looked at it and it kind of on the sides, all out like this, you know. That cat was just doing what a cat do at a certain time. But see, 
We're not cats. We're not dogs. We're not animals. We are created in the image of God. We are God's temple. We are God's people. And God has given us the ability, just like Joseph, to hold ourselves. Because he said, it's the marriage bed that is honorable. And here's Joseph, because God asked him not to have any union with Mary until after she had had this child called Jesus. And he holds himself. Because God is more than able. And he keeps himself. Can you see the faithfulness of Joseph with a living God? Can you see Joseph honoring the request of God? Can you see this Joseph building this relationship with God? See, when you love the Lord, you're about building a relationship with Him. You're learning of Him. You're learning to listen to Him. You're learning to follow Him. You're learning to trust Him. You're learning to do what He asks you to do, even when you don't fully understand it all. Yet, He provides for you. And He gives you enough that you can take this step here. He gives you more after you take the first step. He gives you the ability to take another step. And you're able to begin to see what God is able to do. And as you begin to see what God is able to do in your life, it gives you the confidence to take another step and another step and another step. And that you're able to do exactly what Scripture then says. Walk with God. Walk with God. And as you're walking with Him, God gives you confidence. And He builds that confidence. And He gives you understanding. And He gives you knowledge. He takes away your fears that you can walk with Him. That you can walk with Him. And He's doing that with Joseph here. Now, when you get in Matthew 2.13, go back to Matthew 2.13. Again, I would say, maybe if I was Joseph, I would say, Lord, no more angels, no more angels. Every time an angel comes, he's talking me into something. Now, he talked me into take Mary, take on this child. Now, now something else comes up. Okay? And Joseph has to deal with this. So, when, when it takes place, it says, When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Whoa, whoa, now, Lord, whoa. Now, now it's, it's, it's a child. Lord, my business is here. In Bethlehem. My business is here in Nazareth. I don't have no business in Egypt. Lord, my friends and all my acquaintance are right here. I don't know nobody over there in Egypt. And Lord, if I take off now, I just built my business up. What's going to happen to it? Joseph, didn't I give you some gold? Joseph, didn't I give you some mirth to sell? Joseph, didn't I give you some incense that you could sell? Joseph, you got more than enough. I'm just sending you on a vacation. But understand this. Because here's the principle in this. When God asks you to make a move, how hard is it for you to move? See, I'm comfortable right where I'm at. Understand this, and this is hard for some of us to understand. Some of us are so comfortable in our messes, we don't want to step out of our mess into a peaceful life. We wouldn't know how to act unless we were talking about something, causing confusion, having a fight, being cussed out, cussing out. Drinking, whatever. We wouldn't know what it is to live a peaceful life and a life that is in order. 
we wouldn't know that. And what God is calling you to is to walk with him and step out. Joseph, I want you to go to Egypt. Take the child. Now, he explains why. But Joseph got to make a decision. If I was Joseph, I'd say, hey, God, wait a minute now. I didn't did this one thing you want me to do. See? Now, if you God, as you say you're God, you can hide me right here in Bethlehem and nobody even know that I'm here. Because, see, you're talking about me walking between 75 to 100 miles. When's the last time you walked 75 miles? We can't get the kids to walk a mile to school. How are we going to walk? (laughs) But he's asking Joseph. From where Joseph lives to Egypt was 75 miles. Then to the nearest Jewish settlement, because all Jews didn't leave Egypt when they left. There were some who kind of like straggled around. But the thing is, is this here. It was 25 miles from the Egyptian border to the first Jewish celibate. But the thing is, Joseph hadn't been there. I can hear Joseph's argument. Hey, Lord, uh, them Egyptians, now see if this isn't true in our life. Them Egyptians remember what you did to their soldiers at the Red Sea. And I'm Jewish, Lord. They ain't going to welcome me with no open arms, Lord. When you send all them plagues on them, and you did this to them, and you did that to them, and you telling me to go to Egypt, them folks don't like Jews down there, Lord. They don't treat Jews good over there, Lord. Go to Egypt, Joseph. Do you see the faithfulness of Joseph? And guess what? When you read that text, it's somewhere at nighttime. Lord, don't disturb me in my sleep. Can't you wait until the morning, Lord? There's no big emergency about this. But the Lord speaks to him at night and asks him to get up and get going. And Joseph does it. You see his faithfulness? You think God knew his heart? That when he would speak to Joseph, Joseph would respond and Joseph would do and Joseph would care for his son and he could entrust Joseph with his son and that he would be obedient. If you had that task, if God entrusted you with something, how obedient would you be? How obedient would you be? Excuse me. But I want you to catch that about Joseph. See the character of this man. See that God knew his heart. And Joseph never knew he was going to be traveling. Only thing Joseph wanted to do was just marry Mary, raise some children, and be the best carpenter he could be. Simple life. Isn't that what we all want? A simple life? Go to work, have our home, enjoy our families. Just a nice, simple life. But when you walk with God, life is not simple. When you live for the Lord, life is not simple. When you serve the Lord and you've given your heart and your life to the Lord, God says, boy, now I'm going to test the heart. I'm going to show you yourself. And we're going to see how obedient you will be. We're going to see if I call you in the midnight hour, you'll answer. If I say to move, will you move? If I say do this, will you do it? If I say, give this, will you give it? God says, now I'm going to show you your own heart. And that's what he's doing with Joseph. 
And then he says again, boy, when you get into that verse 19, it says, after Herod died, an angel again. If I was Joseph, I would say, go home back to the Lord. I'm not moving no more. Can you see Joseph, this carpenter? He didn't start a business in Egypt now. He got a name built up in Egypt. He got some customers in Egypt that are dependent on him. He got some cash rolling in. And here come God again. God comes at some of the most inconvenient times for us. God calls on you at times that you would never expect. And God is saying to you, I want a decision. I want a decision. I want a decision. And he says to Joseph, Joseph, time to pick up. We're moving again. We're going back home. Well, Lord, you took me from home because you said they wanted to kill me. Well, that person did. But, Lord, going back, I didn't reestablish a new business. I got new friends. I got new associates. I got new there. I built me a nice new home. I'm not living in the shack I was in in Jerusalem. I got this nice, beautiful mansion here in Egypt, Lord. But what does Joseph do? Goes right back. Understand this principle, and you will find it to be true if you trust God. Whatever God takes from you here, he'll give it back to you over here if you're obedient. Look what happened to Job, but look what God gave back. See, see, God don't need our little temporary stuff, but he knows we have need of it. He knows we have need of shelter. He knows we have need of funds. He knows we have need of a car. He knows certain things that we have need of. But understand, when God asks you to move and you think you're giving up something great, if you don't move, what you don't recognize is this. You're losing. You're losing. When you're not in obedience to God, you're losing. Even though you may keep your present little thing that you have, this present little treasure that you have, when you're not obedient to God, you're losing. And Joseph packs up again, and he takes off. God knew the heart of Joseph. Joseph didn't know his own heart. Joseph didn't know he would move so often. Joseph didn't know he would travel so much. There's things that Joseph didn't know. But God knew. And Joseph was learning how to follow the directions of a living God. He was learning how to listen to the voice of God. He was learning to become dependent on God. The whole process takes a time as we grow in the Lord. But if you used to look at each one of these, the, the Magi's and how God brought them and how God had to begin to speak to them years before the birth of Christ. The shepherds most likely have heard the story about a Messiah that would come. But the angels sent the message, but yet they were responsive and they went to see for themselves. Joseph didn't know his own heart and didn't know what all he would go through for the Lord. But God knew. God knows how much you'll go through for him. God knows how obedient you will be to him.
God really knows if he's first in your life or if he's second. Because you have made yourself first and him second. And what God wants to be is first. And you second or third. The last time we hear about Joseph is in Luke 2. Go, go, go over to Luke with me. Again, just looking at him. The character of, of this man. And again, remember, God chose him. God is blessing him. God is working in his life. In 48 and 51. <clears throat> they had been to the temple to celebrate one of the festivals, the Passover. And on the way back home, <clears throat> the story tells us, they thought Jesus was with one of the relatives. But they got a day's journey away from Jerusalem. And then they recognized he was not with the caravan. And they had to leave the caravan and go back to Jerusalem. But it gives us just a little bit more of a window about Jesus and his relationship with Joseph and with Mary. That Joseph and Mary both had to be puzzled based on this fact. When God is using you, most cases, God will never give you the end results. What God will say to you, trust me, believe me, now walk with me. And that's our difficult part as human beings. Because we always want to be able to figure out what? The end results. We always want to somehow see a way that this will come to pass. And sometimes God does things with us that we won't see the end results. And that was Joseph. God could have given Joseph long life also that he would have saw his son on a cross. The young man that he raised on the cross. But that was not God's plan for Joseph. So Joseph's life somewhere was cut short, but we don't know when. We don't know how old. Joseph could have been in his 40s or 50s because men didn't live much longer than that sometime back at that time. And most likely when Joseph married Mary, Joseph may have been in his late 20s and she was in her early teens or right in the area of a young lady. So there was quite a distance between age between the two. So Joseph may have aged a little quicker than Mary. But what I want you to pick out is this here when we read this. God again says, He has chosen us. And He knows the heart of His servant. And He rewards His servants because of their deeds and what they do. Follow with me a little bit here. <clears throat> In verse 48, He says, when his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I, your father, Joseph, your father and I have been anxious searching for you. Why were you searching for me, he asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? Now listen to verse 50. But they did not, what, understand what he was saying to them. Jesus says, I'm about my father's business. Joseph saying, I'm your father. 
Why have you done this to me? Why have you done this to me and your mother? Mary said, why are you doing this to us? And they didn't fully understand. They didn't understand the course of life that God had for Jesus. And the course he had to walk. The path he had to walk. Fathers, listen to me. You don't know the plans that God has for your daughters or your sons. You can project and you build into them and you educate them. But constantly be in prayer for your children that they will hear God's direction upon their life. That they'll catch God's plan for their life. That they'll recognize it's God is the one who's molding them and shaping them. It's God that's preparing them. You're just a temporary caregiver. Because your children will grow up and leave you. Yancy, you have any problem with your daughter really loving you? You love your dad? I'm going to tell you something. You're going to find somebody that you love greater than him. (laughs) And one day you're going to do this to dad. (laughs) And what you won't see is on the inside the crying that takes place. Because all the memories flood right back. All the joys flood right back. Hey. But then allow him to advise you over the young men that you date. And the reason you want him to advise you is because he loves you far greater at that moment than that young man does. And you want to hear him. Because one day, moms, that son that you adore, whoo, He's going to find somebody that will turn his head and his eyes will get big about and he's seeing her in a different way than he see you. Say it again. Both hands will go. <laughs> Isn't that right, D? <laughs> and he says to them, You don't understand. You don't understand. And God will set forth a plan sometime. And Joseph didn't see the end of it. But God is saying, Joseph, trust me. Walk with me. Be faithful to me. But God knew Joseph's heart. And you'll see every time Joseph sends, God sends an angel, he's explaining Joseph a little bit about his life and what he's asking of. Now the reward of Joseph, because it's so important to understand that God will reward us when we are faithful to him. He gives us truly those desires of our heart. And remember what I said earlier about Joseph? All Joseph wanted to be was a good carpenter. The only thing Joseph wanted to do was raise his family. The only thing Joseph wanted to do was just love Mary. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 13. Look at verses 55 and 56. It says in 55, Isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't his mother... Named Mary. The carpenter is referring to who? Joseph. This the carpenter's son. Wasn't his wife named Mary? And he goes on and he says, And aren't his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? Simon and Judas? Aren't all his sisters with us? point is this. Don't touch Mary until after Jesus is born. But after Jesus was born, 
Joseph had himself a lovely time. You don't come up with four brothers and a number of sisters. And Joseph consecrated his marriage. And Joseph loved Mary. God gave him time with Mary. God gave him time with sons and daughters. God gave it to him. I am a rewarder of those that I choose and whose hearts are for me. I'm a rewarder. Did he reward Joseph? Yes. Yes. He could have had seven other children. Because it says daughters. These six to seven. Children. And he had the opportunity to embrace and love Mary. And God saw the heart of this man. Even though this man didn't know his own heart. And the struggles that he was going to have to go through. Because you walk with God does not mean you don't have struggles. But in the struggle, God always provides. I don't know how long Joseph lived, but to have seven children, he lived a little while longer past Jesus. And he was able to enjoy his rewards that God had blessed him with. Do you see in your life that God is blessing you? That God is rewarding you? Based on your conduct? Based on how you live and you honor him? Are you seeing God bless you and making ways out of no ways? Are you seeing God open doors for you? Are you seeing God perform? Recognizing no other person could do this except God. That's what we all want to see. That's what you want to hunger for. Is God interacting in your life? Being the real God that he is. Not a myth. Not just something written between the pages and I learned the history of it. But that I am experiencing God. And he's doing things in my life that only a living God is able to perform. Let's pray. Father, during this Christmas season, You're still God. You're not a baby in a manger. You are a living God. In whom people need a visitation from. A people need to hear your voice. Your people need to know, oh God, that you are God. And that, Lord, you are active in our lives. And Lord, we pray that during this Christmas holiday, that Lord, many may come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ because he came into this world to save, to deliver us, to rescue us. And Lord, it is those servants that you have set around him that are loyal to him and devoted to him that continues to serve him. And Lord, yes, we are bewildered at times. And there are even coming times of which we're doubting because as we see 
Christianity decreasing, as we're seeing things happen in our own society, as we're seeing churches close and we're seeing less people really believing in Jesus Christ. And we're seeing, Lord, so many things that are taking place among our young people that, Lord, we're questioning because we don't understand it, that we serve this mighty God. 